Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Since I'm sitting in your office, do you want to record a show? Um, sure. Do we have any notes or like anything to talk about? Uh, no notes, but I do have this grab bag full of topics. Ooh, that's a big bag. (laughs) Thank you. All right. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host who's still on East Coast time, Phil. And I'm your other host who's definitely on Mountain Time and very awake, Senda. (laughs) One of us was also on a plane for a chunk of the day and one of us was not. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, for tonight's topic, Phil is in town and we thought it would be fun to record an episode in person mm-hmm. but Mm-mm. it's also five days before we normally record a show for the next week so uh we don't have like everything put together we literally just recorded a show like three days ago uh-huh <laughs> so what that means is it's time for a grab bag episode so let's jump into our first question yeah sharon is karen josh on twitter asks A friend and I are talking about co-GMing a game at some point in the future. Have the pandas ever talked about co-GMing? I feel like maybe you have, but my Google Foo is weak today. I'm pretty sure, Josh, we've only done it in in jest. Uh, We've talked about it in passing, I think. I don't think we've ever devoted an actual episode to it. No, it's, no, it's no. It's come up a couple of times, right? Sneezak refers to co-GMing as the devil's three-way. I know. <laughs> But since I'm queer, that doesn't actually bother me. Right. I'm like, that's, is that supposed to be a problem? Yeah, that's not a that's not a problem. That's just, you know, that's just how you set it up. Anyway. Um, so um, the thing is, we have never co-GM'd a game before. No. Um, well, not not the two of us together. Correct. Yes. Well, and I've actually don't think I've ever co-GM'd a game with anyone. Right. Now, we should wrap a quick definition about this co-GMing. There are basically two um, configurations that people think of. So one is that um, there are two GMs, each has their own table and are running a coordinated story. I've actually done that one. Um, Yeah. But like basically the two groups go off and then at some point the groups come back or members of of the group swap back and forth between tables. tables. Yeah. All right. That is definitely one form of co-GMing. The other form of of co-GMing is when uh, the table has two GMs and one group. Right. Um, And that the GMs are basically handing off. uh, Basically, the role of GM has been um, divided between the two. Yes. Okay, so I've done the one with two separate tables because I've done a couple of events, like like back when I was in, like in uh, high school and college and stuff, where we did like big epic events and stuff like that, and had multi table kind of thing going. Um, I've done something kind of in the middle, where um, my co gaming experience actually was with Andy, and we co ran a campaign. Mm-mm. I'm not gonna. You're gonna, not I'm gonna, gonna buy that. I'm gonna count that one out because at no point during we one session, we never actually ran a table together at the same correct. time. Correct. There were not two GMs running in the same session. Right. So the only reason that I bring it up is we did do all of our world building and all of our plot creation together. That's fair. Yeah. And that's and that's a shared that's a shared world kind of campaign model where you have a rotating GM. 
uh, and you have um, shared world. So like you're all using the same world, but you're rotating in and out on who's running games. Right. But we were also running the same arc of the campaign. Right. Right. Like we were running stories that each story advanced the arc. Which is. We knew what the end. We both knew what the end point of that arc was. Sure. That is definitely a, that's a shared, not really a co. That's fair. That's like a shared GM. I'm bringing it up because we're like yep, it's in, definitely, in the interest of defining. Yep. And I just, I'm going to put that one on the outside. And then the only reason I say that is because at any one given session, one of you was the GM. Yes. The one other one was a player. All of the details and was making rulings at the table. The other person was playing. That correct. is correct. So in, in the co-GMing situation, we have um, both GMs are running, whether they're running one group together or running separate groups. Right. Okay. We talked about this. I got an idea for a game. Let's carry on. Cool. All right. So, <laughs> I, so it's not that we haven't. So we haven't done it, but I will say that I've given a little thought to this, and um, co GMing requires a few things that well turn out to be important in other in other areas uh, as well. <laughs> um, so here are some of the things that they need. Um, they need defined roles. Right. So you have to know who is in charge of which parts of the game so that you're not stepping on each other's toes when you make decisions at the table and all of that kind of thing. Or like, who takes care of the NPCs or are there specific NPCs that belong to each of you? You have to you have to know that in advance. Exactly. So you need to know, is there a hierarchy with one GM leading and the other one supporting? Um, and then, or like we said before, are you running two different tables that are linked? Right. Or, or have you figured it out in, in enough of delineation in terms of who's in charge of which bits that like it's equal, but very clear about, I right. am in charge about these bits and you are in charge about these bits. Right. And there, and so the reason we bring this up is that roles are needed so that there are, so that you don't collide at the table. Yes. Uh, because that's where co-jamming is going to look weird is if you're both trying to do the same thing. Yeah, at the same time. At the same time and 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 aren't in alignment. Right. And so. and as we know, you're doing eight things as a GM. So that means that sometimes So if you were if you were juggling eight things before as a GM, now, right. now you're, you're juggling, juggling between two people. Eight things between two It's like at the Renaissance Festival, you see you see the person doing the juggling and then um, they start, you know, two people are doing the juggling and then they're both juggling and they're also passing the pins back and forth between them. Correct. Yes. That's co-GMing. Yep. <laughs> All right. What's the next thing that we need? Uh, clear expectations. Yep. So both GMs need to understand the goal of the session, the arc, etc. Right. They kind of they need to know where they're going so that you guys can stay together. Yep. Um, they need to know what is in and out of bounds for this particular game or arc, whether that means safety-wise or whether that just means in terms of story and tone and the direction that the game is I think it's all of move. those things, right? Right. And that's that's why I'm mentioning all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to know what your shared jamming style is going to look like, right? Like, like are you? do you both have similar styles? Like, you and I don't have similar styles. So if we were going to co-GM, like... It might make sense that I handle some more of the mechanical parts. Right. And and that would be the thing because there's a lot of times at my table, I am more likely to hand wave mechanical things, I think, than you are. Yeah. And that would get messy if we were sitting at the ta- same table, running the same table, and I was hand waving things that you were engaging the mechanics on. Right. Right. But being able to pass that off so that you could do the story part and then be like, cool, I think, you know, we're going to, you know, like... 
you don't even have to pass it off. Like you, you get to the part where the mechanics kick in and I just kind of like, you right. know, slide forward and be like, all right, cool. Let's make some rolls. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you do have to understand that you got to, and you have to understand what your own GMing style looks like. And then yeah. what's that going to look like meshed together? Right. You have to know what yours is and they have to know what theirs is so that you can have a conversation about what that looks like exactly. meshed together. <laughs> and since we're talking about conversations, the next thing you need to have uh, as co-GMs is superior communication. Absolutely. Um, so you have to be able to communicate during the session to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, the moment the players touch a game, like it's not going to go the way that you planned it. Exactly. Which so, is why I don't plan at all. But how do you not plan and then improv as a co-GM? Trickier. Yeah. Right? Superior communication is the answer. Yeah. So um, you're going to need to have check-ins between uh, both of you so that you can make sure that you're up to date and know where each other are. That's even more important when you are split table. Right. So split table needs like little breaks where you can come back together and be like, cool, my group's here. Where's your group? Are you, are you almost ready to have the groups come back together? Like that kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah, because you got to time all that stuff against each other because you got two simultaneous threads. Which yeah. they're doing their own things, which means they're not running on the same time. Not frame. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. You also have to have high trust, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you need to trust that the other GM is doing their part when you're not control. You're not in control or present. Right. So if we split tables, yeah, I need to know that you're running the game the same way I'm running it. Um, so that we're creating a cohesive experience. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about trust is that it's mostly built over time, right? Which, which means you're going to have to start doing this. Yeah, you have to do it to get gain better at it. Trust and get better at it. Right. As with most things, practice makes perfect or at least good. Yeah, better. and and so I think that co-GMing is awesome. But I also think that if you're co-GMing something like a convention game, you should go practice with a home with a home group and uh, get used to co-GMing. Like, don't yeah. don't come in cold and be like, cool, we're going to co-GM this thing that we're going to do at this con. Yeah, that sounds hard. Well, yeah, because you're not going to have <laughs> that trust built up. You're not going to have worked out your communication. Right. You won't have pinned down the things about your two GMing styles that you didn't think of that totally came up in the middle of the game because you, they're like, you know, subconscious or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All so, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely want to work this out ahead of time. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. A little dash of drama spice. <laughs> drama spice, huh? Uh-huh. Cool. Okay, well, so Craig on the forums asked us, I would love to hear ideas on how to add mechanisms for drama and or bonds to OSR or traditional games. My group's mindset is very locked into, into traditional games, making it difficult to go into the indie route. But if I could add some indie flair to the trad game, maybe I could change some minds or at least increase the level of inter-character relationship drama in the games we play. Mm-hmm. Adding drama to games is great, but much like anything else, it's only going to work if everyone else in the game wants it. Right. So there is something here about, you know, having a talk with the players and finding out if they would be into it or at least willing to give it a shot. Um, because otherwise you're going to implement it and everybody's going to be like, ugh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you're definitely going to want to, um, you're definitely going to want to have a, a preparatory, like if this is a new game, you're going to want to session zero this. If this is an existing game, you're going to want to just have a talk about it. 
before you move on with it. Now, as for how to make bonds, uh, just a few episodes ago in episode 168, we did a full breakdown of how bonds work um, and how to create them. So do those things. Like go yeah. back, listen to go 168. Back, listen to that one. It was good. Yeah. That's got plenty of details about how to make bonds. Yes. And and we're going to go and we're going to, for this little segment, we're going to continue forward on bonds because I think bonds are a really super easy way to create some um, connectivity between characters. Right, right, right. I mean, agree. So once you have some bonds, then what you're going to want to do is house rule how they work um, mechanically into your traditional game. Like, what do they do right. in this game? So in most cases, having a bond to a character means having some sort of relationship, which often translates into some sort of bonus. Like, it's easier to help the person that you are friends with. Right. Right. So what you need to do is figure out in your game... What is your bonus, right? What What is the reward? Yeah. Or the thing that is slightly better with that person because of the relationship. Right. And, and your there. game probably has these built in. Right. So like for Savage Worlds, this is like you could tie this into Benny's. Yeah. Like maybe you get a free Benny uh, anytime you um, you role play your bond. Right. That's a like. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just becomes another note that you can hit, right? In 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 like a, a three, a third edition variant, so three, three, five, sure. Pathfinder, etc. You could go with something like a static plus two, right? Because that's a standard like advantage kind of thing on a roll. Sure. Um, or potentially plus one D6. Right? Yeah, I've seen that in um, some of the hero point games that have like hero points and stuff like that. That like a rather than just getting a flat two. You get like a plus one D6, like you just roll it with your 20. Yeah. I mean, it's potentially better and potentially worse. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mostly potentially better. Right. And uh, if you're playing 5e, like this is really easy to tap right into into the advantage system. Yeah. Or if you want to go a different route, you can go to the inspiration. Yeah. So, so you can reward it in multiple ways. Right. Yeah. Like you have an easy what you have an easy path into those. And so that's what you're looking for. You're looking for in the game that you're playing, how does the game reward advantages and then make something on top of it? So truthfully, for a 3X game, since a lot of times when you help someone, you give them a plus two anyway, mm-hmm. maybe um, if you have a bond with a person, you give them a plus three. Right. Right. Because yeah. you just have a closer relationship. Right. Okay, cool. Like and that. and then go back and check out the rest of the episode 168 that talks about creating bonds, changing bonds, and um, ending bonds. Yeah. Because those are the things that would happen along with bonds. Yep. Yeah. All right. And that's how, that's how you would try to fit bonds into your traditional game. Yep. Cool. Coolness. Our last uh, topic is on uh, recycling, which is also a big ass deal in denver like in new york we just throw <laughs> stuff in the trash in denver i gotta like sort like 500 like there's a there's like you know recycled napkin bucket there's like a no it's really actually pretty straightforward okay okay there's a compost that's what, what goes in compost um leftover food okay potentially silverware straws and cups and plates depending on what they're made out of because uh-huh. lots of places around here make them out of commercially compostable materials okay then there's a recycle. Right, which is what we're going to talk about. recycling yeah. things, yeah. which is what we're going to talk and about. Then and garbage. then there's like a tiny little garbage can. <laughs> this is why uh, in Denver, I, I just ask Senda to throw my stuff away. <laughs> it's not I always feel like I always feel like an idiot standing there like, I don't know, it's got food They've on it. They've usually got pictures. 
Okay. Like they've I'm going like, to try. I'm going to be a say, big like compost and they'll have a picture of whatever should go in there because you never know like is this knife compostable? I don't know. Is it made out of plants or is it actually made out of plastic? Like they feel the it's, same it's in my It's very hand. stressful. <laughs> I'm going to be a big boy. This time I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do it myself. <laughs> We're not going up to Boulder this time. So Well, that's safe cuz Boulder know. everything has to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm like I don't know if we're actually going to run into that around here. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, recycling. Mhm. So on Twitter, Blake Ryan asks... By the way, happy birthday, Blake Ryan. Oh, happy birthday, Blake Ryan. Cool. Uh, what are your thoughts about using old stuff, using encounters, NPCs, parts of settings, or entire plots from old games in your current game? For example, stuff from Dragonlance and Love and Justice, stuff from Conspiracy X and Hydro Hackers. Mm-hmm. So the thing about recycling is, is recycling is awesome. Yes, it's good for the planet and good for you. I mean, it's good for your games and it's good for you. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that absolutely there is nothing wrong with recycling uh, concepts, elements, plot lines, things like that from one game to another. It's totally acceptable, right? So it's totally absolutely acceptable when the game group is different. Like there is absolutely no reason not to take something from one place and put it somewhere else. Just do it. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, the interesting thing is also like, I think most of the stuff that we've, Sorry, never mind. You keep going. This will apply in a second. Okay. So the only real problem you run into with recycling is that there's a chance someone sees that you're recycling. Right. And and the only reason that's an actual problem is it tends to create a uh, immersion. um, It interferes with immersion, right? So if we're in the middle of playing a game and I have recycled a villain, and I bring that villain out, and then all of a sudden Senda's like, wow, that's so-and-so from our past game, like, reskinned or whatever. Like, that's where we've lost, like, a little immersion. We've lost a little immersion, and potentially, if you haven't tweaked anything about that character, they're like, hey, and by the way, I know his Achilles heel, so now we're just going to smash this plot line. Or they start treating him exactly the same way. Like, right. oh, he was a traitor, he was a traitor in the last game. He must be a traitor in must this game. Must be a traitor in this game. Right. So yeah. that's also a problem because then you're starting to me- you're tracking in meta information about the character that may or may not be true. So the important part to recycling for RPGs is to make sure that you don't um, have somebody recognize something. And the there's really two things we do um, for it. One of which I have in the notes, which is file off the serial numbers which i was waiting for you to say because um it relates very strongly to the episode that we did about using plots from other places like movies and stuff like if you're recycling your own content treat it the same way you don't want people to recognize it right so take concepts take you know the the ideas and the bits and pieces don't take literal yeah i i agree there's again if you are transporting it between groups different groups by all right. means yeah whatever you don't have to change anything you don't have to actually do any real yeah, they don't like <laughs> serial number like you don't have to take that stuff off but if you're playing within your same game group and you're recycling something from one game into another yep now you got to do a little more work to file off the serial numbers and exactly what senda said find the concept it's a gruff captain it's not the um it's not the um field commander who betrayed you in your dragonlance game who is now in, you know, who's now the headmaster of the school in your love and justice game. Right. They they have to be different enough that they're not 
the same. Right. Or heck, if you're going to make it feel like they're obvious and the same, then, um, you know, have fun with it and make the outcome completely different. Like, this I mean, you time they were really to. working for you. Right? right. You almost have to. Right. Yeah. Like, because, un- you know, unless, and th- there's only one exception to this, right? The only exception is if you are purposely doing it in order to influence them on a meta level. Yeah. Like, if you're purposely putting the traitor back in because this group has all played together and as soon as they see the, you know, this field commander, they're going to be like, whoa, it's the traitor, right? And then when right. he betrays them, they'll be like, we knew yeah, it, right? Yeah. That's the only time this works. Otherwise, right. file off your serial numbers. I have one other thing yes. that I will say. Yes. Um, when you have successfully done this, yeah. don't brag about it. No, don't tell them. Because it does two things. Um, one, it makes them start looking for other places where you may have done this. Right, which means that you can never do it again. Uh, or they're, or you're going to get caught doing you're it. You're going to get caught doing it again. <laughs> and, and two, sometimes it makes um, sometimes it makes some players think that you're being lazy. And I don't necessarily think that's true about recycling because I think it is perfectly fine. But I think it has a bad connotation where people are like, oh, you couldn't bother making a new NPC, so you just recycled that one. Right. Well, I mean, the other thing is, if it's an NPC that they've played with before that you filed the serial numbers off, and then you're like, ah, it's totally that same NPC. Then there's a little bit of like, and you didn't even notice because I'm just that good. Right. Right? Like, don't do that because that's sort of a gotcha, like your stupid moment. Right. Now, I will say for things like stat blocks and stuff like that, like totally, absolutely recycle stat blocks. No one is ever going to see that but you. Right. Because once you retrap it with a new description and everything else, like that's a new monster. different person. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's so... Absolutely recycle. I have done it countless times. Um, I, When I was running my Iron Heroes game, I think t- in the middle of the campaign, I must have used the same NPC stat block five times. <laughs> I, and I just retrapped the character. Like I right. gave him different weapons or I gave him yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever. But it worked every like i don't want to say it worked every time like i pulled something over everyone it 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 did exactly what i needed it to do like it was exactly the correct stats with once it was retrapped right um then it worked fine in the narrative players were never any the wiser but it was literally like all the same bonuses um same same feats i might have changed one or two feats but barely and it just you know it was like it was for me it was a time saver Right. I mean, and that's exactly what that is. And I don't think that there's anything bad with that in any way, shape, or form. Mm-mm. I mean, that's basically just having your own pre-generated stat blocks, which if you weren't going to use that, you could go online and find someone else's. But like... I've done that. Right. I've I mean, also done you, that. If you already have one that you know works really well for the makeup of the party that you're playing with, like, just just use it. Like, I've gone on to um, Dungeon World has a Dungeon World monster builder. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually go on and build a monster. Yeah. Which is cool. Like you answer a bunch of questions and that stats out the monster for you. Nice. But it has everybody's monster that has been statted out on the site. So I, like I've I've done that. Like I've gone on the site, looked and been like, that is, um, oh, in fact, I can tell you this because I did it for, um, I did it for the legacy weapon. Oh, so yeah. those ice eels. Yeah are based on an electrical eel yeah. that I saw, but I then tweaked it and reskinned right. it to be an ice. And it's credited in the notes, like that the idea for these things came from this person's stat block. But yeah. um, it, it was definitely a recycle thing. Like somebody had already made this thing and I was like, oh, that's really close to what I want. I just need it themed for, you know, for ice. Yeah. 
totally worked. I mean, we do it with monsters all the time, so it's you can totally do it with plots and stuff. You definitely can do it with plots. Um, I the Again, just be careful if your plot has a twist. Mm-hmm. That's where you want to be careful if the, you're playing it through the same group. If you're not playing through the same group, have a blast. Right, doesn't matter. Recycle away. Yeah. All right, that's our grab bag this week. Next week, we're probably going to be back with a regular show. Probably. I think it'll have a lot to do with I Get Back... Oh, no, no, because I'll get back, on, get a back Tuesday, on a Tuesday, and, then and I'll go. start writing a show again. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll probably do a regular show. Right. We'll see. But uh, before we get out of here and head to the closing, Senda's going to improvise another <laughs> show on the Misdirected Mark Network because we didn't put one in. Yeah, because I didn't actually get to these notes before we started tell recording. Tell me about bonus experience. That's what I was thinking. I was going to tell you that on bonus experience, Monica and Ray are two awesome, queer, fantastic people. And they talk fantastic things about games and also... With authority. With authority. And uh, you can die mad about it. Yes. And also fizzy water. Yes. And Margaret. Don't and forget Margaret. And Margaret. And the peanut butter and onion that's sandwiches. That's disgusting. That's really... Super that's gross. Super gross. Anyway, I know they did an episode recently about playing non-verbal, non-human style characters... Um, which is something that I also ran into recently. So that's really cool. And you should probably go check it out. One of their most recent episodes is also a safety episode. So I'm very interested. I'm very interested here in their safety thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Say, Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can reach us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, where you can also potentially win a uh, a, a, a Dragon Baggin, or is it a Bagthulu? Yeah. A Bagthulu. I think it's a Bagthulu. Right. You can potentially win a Bagthulu or a She's a Super Geek dice bag if you are one of the first hundred people to join the forums. Or, all of that aside, if you prefer, you can always drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information, what can they do with it? Please, 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 please send us your topics. Uh, We love to do our shows about the things that you want to hear about. So send us your questions, send us your queries, send us uh, your musings, whatever it is. Uh, we're pretty crafty. We'll figure out a way to make a show out of it, whether it's a grab bag, whether we do a whole show, whatever. Um, we'll come up with it. And um, then we'll be talking about the things that you want to hear about. And that's our best. Uh, that's when we were at our best. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Uh, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can go to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of goodies. The bonus outtakes, which they're probably gonna be some yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna edit i'm gonna edit oh i didn't mean to make you edit but, um <laughs> it's okay i probably need it to anyway uh anyway the bonus outtakes the after show from the misdirected mark the mm-hmm. access to our slack room for life can play mm-hmm. with, uh you can come play minecraft with us on the minecraft server you um are and there's no timetable to this but like encoded makes stuff and we tend to give it away to our patrons so we like that as well uh, and um, you know, just chance to hang out with uh, the hosts, like the I, the Slack thing. I like our forums, uh, but I still like our Slack chat room. Yeah, it's a um, little bit more instantaneous. They're two kind of different styles. Well, the Slack room's right? like a lot more about like you know having a conversation Chilling. and posting ideas. I'm yeah. sorry, that's the forums, yeah, forums and then is... the the Slack room's a little more like what's going on in people's lives. Right. Yeah. It is like an ongoing, constant conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we also the other thing we like to do is shout out to our uh, patrons, and we like to we're going to shout out to three such patrons this evening. 
Yep. Eric Bontz, the Duke of Gators and Lord of the Beefness. The only patron who will ever have two titles. Yes. <laughs> Thank he, you, Eric. He's just that amazing. <laughs> he just snuck that in before we said no. <laughs> No, but it's okay. He gets to. Uh, Dennis Malloy. Thank you so much, Dennis. And JT Evans. Thank you so much, JT. Say, Senda, there's a thing that people can do if they're already supporting the Patreon or unable to support the Patreon that um, Mac Catalina will uh, finally make a reality when it smashes iTunes into multiple uh, individual applications. No. Oh, that's coming. Uh, what's that thing? No. Why <laughs> I have been so buried in the sand about the new Apple updates. Uh, I, I'm not even going to process that right now. So you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. So please feel free to leave us one somewhere. And if you leave it anywhere that's not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, I would love to hear about it. We would love to hear about it. Because we'll never find it because they don't like actually let us know or anything. And we get so much joy from reading your reviews. And thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review. They bring us many much happy bamboo feels. Indeed. Uh, say, Senda, we got to talk about this air conditioning thing. <laughs> that is not what the note said. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. How exciting. You said clicky. <laughs> I clicked the button. You clicked the button. I clicked the clicky button. You did make the clicky happen. I did. I did. Bloop. We're recording... Uh, in your place. Yeah. Like at my house. I'm in, we're in the same time zone. <laughs> well, physically we're in the same time zone. <laughs> I don't know if Phil's actually in the same time oh, zone. I don't know either. It's, what is it now? Well, it's 11 here. It's like one my time. one your time. Yeah. <laughs> Just got here today, so. Um, I have, I has the sleepies. Yeah. So we're going to make this short and sweet we're gonna do something theoretically i got i gotta drink something too i'm now in i'm now in denver and so now i'm like i'm thirsty i'm dehydrated i'm warm like (laughs) i like i I also keep my house warmer i think than you probably do Mm -hmm. i know i was gonna ask you very nicely if we could make it a little cooler I know it's currently seventy four, which means my air conditioner hasn't even come on because it doesn't come on till seventy (laughs) seven. Oh Lord, (laughs) that's that's hot. So we can have a conversation about that, so you don't die. Yeah, I'm not gonna die. I'm just like I'm warm. I'm just I'm warm. Like anyway, this will be exciting because we haven't actually talked through the show notes. Nah, just gonna. There are some. I mean, they're show notes. Yeah, they're definitely show notes. They were there. They're show notes, but we're just we are here live. Um, in the same space because we're gonna do some uh, we're gonna do some designing. Yeah, we're gonna do some ditch lily design stuff uh, this weekend. Yeah, so it's gonna be great. That's I'm very cool. Finally, going to actually play the system where I'm 
to sign the Yeah, that'll, that's going to hopefully clear, that's hopefully going to clear up some things about the system. Uh, yeah, I think so. Cool. I think it will. Bloop. Is now the time that we mentioned that my pop filter for this mic that I don't use most of the time anymore is in fact broken. Yeah, it's like And a- that I have a giant like fuzzy cat paw on my muff- my muffin <laughs> microphone. <laughs> um... I think that's a little more personal than the... I have muffins on the mind. I made pumpkin spice muffins tonight. With you did. With cream cheese filling, and I'm excited to have them for breakfast tomorrow. With but little I, bits of candy ginger on, on the top. top. Yeah, that was new. That's a, a new decision I'm that's excited a, that's for. That's a step up. That's I think so. That's some, that's some epic level. Bloop. Well, you know. Uh, go... Well, I know what. Ginger or God. I was trying to come up with something. Once you go ginger, you never there's go back. Something, there's something. There's Some something redhead there. just fell out of their chair here and then. <laughs> I'm just going to say really quickly, and then we can get into the show. Yeah. I've decided that definitely Leopard is the name of a girl band that toured with the Ditch Lilies. Leopard? Definitely Leopard. Definitely Leopard? Yes, definitely okay. Leopard toured with the Ditch Lilies. And um, their signature is that they all were like Leopard, leopard print. print. Mm-hmm. Hot. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I like they were, that. They were kind of one-hit wonders. Definitely leopard. Yeah, definitely leopard. I think that I think that they were one-hit wonders um, largely because I think once they um, once they get up to the hit level, right, with their one song, um, the band Def Leppard's lawyers and their record oh, label descended upon them. Some, I, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because people were abbreviating it. And that is a no-no. Yeah. No, you, you can't do that. That becomes infringement and Def Leppard then just put a cap on that. Yeah. And instead of renaming, they just basically went bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Definitely Leopard. Yeah, they were great. Good stuff. That I one, mean, that's... They had the one song about the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. One song, yeah. Leopards in the jungle. Leopards in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was that one. Mm-hmm. Cat paw. Well, leopards, leopard in the jungle was really like it, it was a song about them out on out on the street, like on a Friday night. Well, yeah, yeah but leopard. like from the weird metaphorical perspective of also having like jungle language occasionally yeah. interspersed throughout. Very, it was a uh, it, it was unique, and to be honest, it was a little more eighties than it was nineties. <laughs> Which I think is also, while it was a pretty popular hit, yeah, um, it had a it had an expiration date. It definitely had an expiration date. It right. wasn't as alt, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Bloop. You want to do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. Okay. Thank you for entertaining my definitely leopard. Definitely leopard. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Hey, Senda. Are we gonna meow? Why? Do you have to line up the tracks? They're on the same they're in the same recording. <laughs> oh, is that what we do that for? I thought that's what we did it for. I thought we just did it so that I knew where the show started. Oh, okay, hang on, ready? Meow. See, I had to see you do the face in person where your eyebrows go together in concentration to make the meow sound. Meow. Meow. Alright, good luck finding that. Bloop. Cue music. Cue music. We're talking about the size of my grab bag. Tired Phil is very funny. It's very flattering about my grab bag. Thank you. Delete, delete, delete. Now I have to edit this out.
episode. I was like not sure that I was going to be editing this episode. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> you could just take out a little piece. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to edit. <laughs> well, don't edit the whole thing. Just snip out the section. Okay, I'll just pull out the important bits. There you go. Oh, boy. Seriously, I'm not buying this vent magnetic thing. Like, I'm recording in this room. It's hot in here. I know. Well, the, the air conditioning hasn't come on because it's 74. And my my house is set at 77. So, like, it hasn't come on at all. Okay. M- me and the, the thermostat, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> well, I'm going to open all of the windows and put on the fans tonight. And it's going to okay. cool you off. All right. Okay. Oof, it's warm. Well, we can have a conversation about it tomorrow when it starts to get warm around noon. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Right when I start feeling comfortable wearing like tank tops and stuff, you're gonna be like, "Nope." I, I get just I'm gonna be like, "Oh, <laughs> so hot!" <laughs> I just had this thing that happened in my office where they didn't have air conditioning. Oh God, I know for two days, like two days. Oh, it happened this morning, which oh, I was I'm working. So from glad home. you were just like, "Screw you all!" I'm working from home. I it hit eighty six in my actual office. The thermostat it's in my hot. office was eighty six. It's too hot. I had a meeting. I had no idea what I agreed to. Yeah, it's too. I hot. melted away. Like that's. Was, I mean, like that's. It's sinister. It's just too hot. Yeah. I mean, I can't function at that kind of temperature either. Like, um, I went to one's birthday party and he doesn't have air conditioning and like it wasn't super hot in there. It was probably just about eighty, but the that, longer we were there, like the more it kind that of crept up. Swank place doesn't have AC. I know, right? That's weird. It's a really nice house. But anyway, um but anyway, so like we but we took a break between games and we ran out and we got like got ice cream and stuff and then we went back. It was perfect. <laughs> it was, I thought you were, like ran out and got an air conditioner. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> See, it didn't used to it didn't used to get this hot in Denver all the time. Um, so many people did not have air conditioners because getting days that were 90 and above was not a super common thing. Really? That, I, I, from, from the way you described it, it seems super common now. It is super common now. It's one of those things that freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. On that note. On that note, global warming, end of world. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stop. No, you just have to push the stop button. I can't.